Welcome back to Spotlight 19, a podcast dedicated to tracking Representative John Faso's votes and their impact on District 19. I am Justin Tracy. And this is Saja Tracy. It is the week of May 12th, 2017, and we have an unusually long episode. So much has happened since our last one. Yeah, we're hoping to be more consistent after this. We're thinking of posting weekly every Tuesday. Keep in mind that Justin and I are just regular New York 19 residents. No one's paying us to do this, nor are we affiliated with any political party or group. We just set up our email address. It's nyspotlight19 at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter now, nyspotlight19. If you need to reach us or have someone in mind that would be a good person to interview, we are looking for people that are on both sides of the aisle. Please reach out. We'll cover three main points today. Fazo's non-healthcare votes and activities, his social media and office issues, and the Trump care vote and subsequent fallout. Yeah, fallout and understatement, more like a nuclear meltdown. So what has he been voting on besides the American Healthcare Act that is notable? Well, he voted in favor of the Working Families Flexibility Act, and this is an act that allows employees the choice when they go over 40 hours of work per week to receive overtime or comp time. Their pay and allows for more time off, right? Americans definitely work too much anyway. It may seem like that at first, but this bill has a deceptive name. In the aftermath of the Great Depression, and Fazel loves talking about how his parents are products of the Depression. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I saw that on his campaign website. You'd think he'd be more in tune with workers based on his background, but instead he's, he's accusing us and everyone who calls him being paid and or union members, although that wouldn't be a bad thing. Anyway, back to the bill. After the Great Depression, the Fair Labor Standards Act was put into place. It eliminated things like child labor. It guaranteed that working over 40 hours a week guarantees you paid overtime, time and a half. But what this bill that Fazo voted for does is it lets the worker choose between overtime or comp time. Comp time meaning vacation. And this is an option that government workers do have. Right. This is a bit confusing. I mean, I've worked as an hourly worker a lot through my career. And the first question I have is really, why would I want to take more vacation time? What's stopping my boss from saying, well, we don't want to give overtime, like it or leave it, you've got to take vacation time? That's actually a situation I've been in myself where our employer said, you know, you can't, we'd really like for you to take comp time. And Mm. at that point, the only recourse that this bill is going to allow is you have to file a complaint with the Department of Labor. And guess what the newest budget proposal that is set set for a vote in September cuts? Which department do you think that that budget cuts? Department of Labor. And why... so, So hold on. Why can't we just make a bill that gives people more paid time off and make sure they are adequately compensated for working more than 40 hours? If somebody is offered only comp time, right, so they go, they have to take more vacation, so they take more vacation, but they need money, they have a student loan, they have, um, you know, mouths to feed, 
they'll get another job and they'll get another job and they're working essentially more than 40 hours now but getting paid the same or less or they have to go out and find another job that's that doesn't sound good I mean, that's a great question for John Faso. I mean, it would be great if he had a town hall and you could pose that question. Mm. I mean, the only opportunities we've had, he has these telephone call-ins. They're always during the day. I know both of us have been at work during those things. Right. I mean, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to write to him and hope we get more than those bare bones, you know, letters and emails we've been getting back from his office that don't really explain the vote. I mean, if you look on his vote explanations about this bill, it doesn't really say much in terms of those really policy-based questions you have. And, you know, this this bill is going to be signed into law once it reaches the president's desk. He's he said so. Um, moving right well, along. Which kind of signs anything, really, doesn't he, at this point, <laughs> it seems. I mean, I don't Amazing. think he'd sign a bill that would allow for an investigation into him. That's true. So he wouldn't sign anything. He wouldn't just sign anything. anything. Other than this bill, there hasn't been too much that's very meaningful for New York 19. If you do have questions about some of the other things he may have voted on, um, there are some great websites out there that I will tweet out after this episode is posted that you can easily track John Fazzo's votes. But moving right along, we're going to use John Fazzo's social media, particularly his Instagram and Twitter, to see what he's been up to during this most recent recess. The day after the Adopt-A-District Town Hall, which we'll get to in depth in a moment, Fazzo took a tour of the American Biomedica Corporation, a company that primarily manufactures drug tests and has a facility in Kinderhook. Interesting. So Fazzo... I had a vote before we started the podcast to require people seeking unemployment benefits to have drug tests. That's now become law if you're seeking unemployment. A state can now institute a system through which they can make you submit to a drug test. So, Saja, you've been recently unemployed. What do you think about this? That's true. I collected benefits in New York State. And already we had to regularly attend workshops and submit logs to show we were actively looking for a job. I mean, it was a stressful time for me. I had a job lined up, but I needed a job between the time I passed the bar in February and the time that I started clerking for a judge. So we already had to, because we were collecting unemployment benefits, we were already subject to these measures. What these drug tests would do is take time away from me, a person that's looking for a job, and you might know how government testing might be. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to someone who's lost weeks. I mean, hours, you know, I'm self-employed, so every hour could be potentially billable. And I've been in waiting rooms getting fingerprints multiple times to go through the permanent resident slash citizen process. So I I know how painstaking uh, the government process can be. Right. So not only do these people who are on unemployment lose time, but they now also may not be able or they may not actually even seek benefits because they're nervous about how this personal information might be used. Some states already have this type of program where somebody getting a government benefit has to get a drug test. For example, in 13 states, people on temporary assistance for needy families have to get drug tests. But these programs have shown that the positive test rates for these people are 0.07 to 2.14%, way less than the approximately 10% of the population using drugs. So they're not particularly effective. 
Yeah. Presumably, couldn't the money just, you know, that, that will be given via a government contract to American Biomedicare to buy drug tests, go to a drug treatment program instead. Instead of making people who are down and out already uh, go for drug tests, that, that could actually serve, serve for the greater good, especially with this drug epidemic issue that we have in this country. I mean, Fazal's said that he he thinks that the opioid crisis is important. There's about 73 bills that he's co-sponsoring. I did note that one of them, I haven't had time to read it. You know, there's been a lot of reading to do in the past past few weeks, so I haven't gotten to all his bills. But, you know, if if you're out there, I would, if and that's important to you, I would certainly ask about what his you know, bill means. And we don't have much of a way to do that since he's not having a town hall. So right. we'll, we'll have to, you know, send our, our emails out into the ether and hope we get some sort of response. Yeah. Anyway, moving from the opioid crisis right on to, to a topic that I know you're excited about. Yeah, love this one. Believe it or not, flavored milk. You know, let's just say it again. Flavored milk. <laughs> Well, because I just want to pause for a moment. This is, this seems to be on the agenda and um, let's talk about it. So apparently we're going to get more choices for kids other than just regular milk. I thought, you know, when I was a kid, regular milk was fine. But now what's going to happen next is flavored milk. More flavors. <laughs> Fazla was really, like really it. excited to give kids more choice in their milk at school. I think his statement for this may have been longer than his statement about Trump care. Anyway, this milk choice was rolled back during the Obama administration. Yeah. So milk choice, that probably just means more coloring, more sugar, more flavoring. I don't really think mass produced milk is the best form of sustenance anyway. I mean, nutritionists agree with you. They don't really also think flavored milk or, you know, low-fat milk, 1% milk, it's, it's mostly water, mm. um, is the way to go. And Fazo says, however, this is a victory for upstate farmers. He wrote this letter to the new Secretary of Agriculture. Fazo says this is a victory for upstate farmers who admittedly are suffering. But the kids who get federally subsidized school lunch are the poorest. For some of them, the school lunch is their only meal. Of course, they aren't going to choose the healthier whole milk option that was available now. They're probably going to go for the sugary one. I don't understand why he couldn't just be pushing yogurt. New York State is actually the biggest producer of yogurt. Why not add some Greek yogurt for you know, kids in their school lunches? I saw Michelle Obama speak on this and she was adamant that someone who is for these measures doesn't really care about kids. You know, there, there's an obesity crisis in this country and it hurts the poorest kids. And since Fazo refuses to hold a town hall, I haven't heard or seen an explanation for this. I mean, he's just really excited that he's gotten this win for these it's probably the big dairy farmers. I mean, mm. I haven't researched this 100%. And again, I would urge anyone who's listening, if you have any factual corrections, if we need to correct the record, I'm happy to do that. And I know Justin is as well. I think I again. think whole milk is fine. You know, <laughs> like just give them whole milk. We grew up on that. That's fine. I, I mean, do you think I'm you not... turned out well because you had whole milk? Let's take a break from, from that and go to climate change. So right now, Fazo is touting this bill he is co-sponsoring called the Climate Solutions Act, 
which creates a commission to recommend policies to reduce greenhouse gases, which is great. But he did not sign a letter to the president that asks him to stay in the Paris Agreement. I mean, that is bad. I know, I know. And so many people on social media and, you know, they share the fact that Faso has championed himself to be, you know, he's he's not a climate change denier. So that separates him from other Republicans, which is confusing in and of itself. But, you know, this is this is a false narrative. The Paris Agreement took years to put together and bring everyone together. And it's important for the environment, not just for American environment, but from a world perspective. I mean, America... I mean, we're in an American-first mindset now. Right. But what do you think about that? Well, America first means that we should be the first ones to excel in uh, renewable energies and use science to develop and progress and be competitive in the world. And opting out of this and going back to coal, for example, it just kind of knocks us down a tier and America will lose out financially if we don't lead the way on this. We'll lose respect internationally. I don't understand why he didn't sign this letter. Well, actually, during the People's Climate March in Delhi a few weeks ago, there were a few hundred protesters outside, and John Faso was in the area. I believe he was at a local diner. And one of the protesters went over to him and said, you know, why don't you come out and address the protesters? And he refused. He flat out refused. So any anything out there that is about John Faso being this bipartisan figure for climate solutions is, is a myth. And he could have just gone out and told the protesters, it's great that you're exercising your First Amendment right to assemble. But he didn't do that. He kind of hid in this diner and said, oh, we're only here because my wife has to use the restroom. But then again, after what he did to Andrea Mitchell, can Faza be trusted at this juncture? I mean, that's that's a good point that we can just segue right into it. Uh, should we get our trash cans ready? Sergeant and I both have trash cans in case we get nauseous talking about this. We're talking about the Trump Care, Zombie Trump Care, American Health Care Act, also known as the American Wealth Care Act, because it is just a bill disguised as health care that is a tax cut for the wealthy. Did you know that after the vote, the Republicans, and I don't know if Faso went to this party, this raging kegger, uh, they all went to celebrate at the White House with the president and kegs of Bud Light. That's disgusting, but fitting. A piss-poor bill celebrated with piss-tasting beer. I I sound like a British snob here, but why couldn't they just bring some of their state's microbrewery beers and be progressive and show they're looking out to help small business instead of the conglomerate? I don't really have a good answer for you there. Faso voted for zombie Trump care. We talked about this in our earlier podcasts. This is just the Obamacare repeal. The final bill didn't have a score from the Congressional Budget Office. It repeals the individual mandate, and it's all around awful. We talked about it before. Um, It's been talked about a lot. It's really dominated the news cycle other than the Trump-Russia thing, which we're not going to cover that here because ultimately that is its own mess um, and would take its own hour. But 
Basically, the bill is just a hodgepodge of tax breaks for different industries, in, including the tanning industry. Which... I know, that really got to you. No, it got to me too. Tanning salons and beds cause skin cancer. That's, that's a fact. The fact that there's a paragraph dedicated to the specific tax relief they will be getting is asinine. But I guess the administration is looking for an orange electorate in this banana republic. That's that. That was kind of cheesy, but it is, these are cheesy times with an, with orange orange Americans. Orange tinge. I mean, I, I grew up in New Jersey. I know what it's like to be among the orange. Anyway, so Faso refused to let people know how he'd be voting on the bill. Even the Wednesday afternoon before the Thursday vote, his staff, if you could get through to them, were saying that he still needed to read the bill in final form before making a decision. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. He, ne- he knew what the bill was. We knew this. From his first Trump care push, we, we knew he was going to vote for this. I mean, I was still hopeful that maybe the activity in the district, all of these protests, Faso Fridays, would push him the other way. It didn't. Even his emotional exchange with Andrea Mitchell outside his Kinderhook home, during which he promised he would not vote to take away her health care and hugged her, did not factor into this vote. If you all don't know about Andrea Mitchell's story, you should definitely read more about it. Look it up on YouTube. She's a resident of Kinderhook, and Fazo's wife was her school nurse. And she has several pre-existing conditions that, before Obamacare was passed, Insurers could charge someone like Andrea Mitchell more. And under Obamacare, for the first time, people like Andrea didn't have to worry anymore that maybe they'll be charged more for these pre-existing conditions, which, you know, ultimately you don't have that much control over your health. You can try as much as you want, but, you know, if cancer hits you or if any sort of disease hits you, it's it's out of your hands a lot of the time. And the American Healthcare Act, how will it, if it passes the Senate and is signed by the president, and we know he'll put a signature on anything, uh, affect someone like Andrea? I mean, we really don't know. And John Faso doesn't really know. He said as much on, you know, the radio the other day. And that's why it's so astounding to me that Faso would vote for it. He campaigned on being this fiscal policy wonk who loves reading bills and knowing the economic ramifications of everything. But this bill right. doesn't have a CBO score. I don't understand why he didn't beg Paul Ryan to abstain. You know, he could have abstained. Mm. He didn't have to say yes or no. He could have just mm. been completely neutral, especially mm. in light of the fact that his promise to Andrea had already gone viral on YouTube. Yeah. And the fact that tens of thousands of people in this district depend on Obamacare. Yeah, and what happened after the vote was extraordinary. Rachel Maddow had covered the story back in March of Fazo hugging Andrea. And after this most recent vote, she featured Andrea on the show. I mean, her appearance was it for me. I've been passionate for a long time about lots of things, but she really wanted an explanation from John Fazo. She appeared again at the Adopt-A-District Town Hall. It's a, the town hall that Representative Sean Maloney from our neighbor, neighboring district down in the 18th held in Kingston, open to everyone. There was a line out the door. It's really fantastic. Something Faza won't do. She was so respectful and sincere to him. And we're, we're really trying to strike that balance here, but I don't think we're as, as nice as Andrea is over at Spotlight 19. We're mm. trying our best. 
I mean, I really thought that Representative Maloney did a great job in answering people's questions. Where was Fazzo during this town hall? That Representative Maloney went out of his way to hold in our district. I mean, that's a great question. He was actually at a fundraiser in Albany for his campaign. Wait, he's already campaigning? Doesn't he have work to do, like writing and reading bills? Or meeting with his constituents. I mean, I think he's nervous. Um, Two candidates that have filed to run against him have raised about the same amounts of money as him. Right. But couldn't he just hold these fundraisers in the district and give one of our great event spaces or restaurants the business? How can it be all about business and not give New York 19 the business? I mean, how do you even know about the fact that the others raised more than him? I mean, it's all publicly available. If you go to fec.gov slash data and head to the candidate summary, you can see the amount each person who's filed to run has spent and who's given them money. All right. So who is giving John Faso money or who has given John Faso money? I mean, it pains me to say this. There are some businesses that we regularly use, but, you know, I'll give them a pass. We're sitting here, you know, we're drinking seltzer that we just bought from Stewart's, but... You know, the president of Stewart's gave John Faso money for his 2018 run, Adirondack Trailways, the bus service to New York City. Um, and there's lots of $5,000 donations from PACs that are out of the district, including actually the National Beer Wholesale Distributor PAC. So that kind of explains that maybe why Faso didn't show up at the Trump Care celebration with some Keegan Zales. <laughs> right. He's getting money from Bud Light. Yeah. So I think that just about wraps up our show. We have some great things coming up in the next few episodes. And we're really excited for you to stay tuned. Next week, we have Gareth Rhodes, who I believe he has filed the paperwork to run against John Fazzo. And he's from the area. He went to Kingston High School and really looking forward to having him on the show. If you have any questions that you think we should ask, questions that have been emailed to us from our listeners. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Peace be with you. Keep keep the faith. Keep the faith. That's what you got to do. Flavored milk by Monsieur Flavert. We got banana, <laughs> strawberry, chocolate, toffee, caramel, hazelnut. That's what you're we got peanut butter <laughs> flavor. Sounds pretty good, hazelnut. <laughs> Come on, the house. Got almond joy. We got, <laughs> we got all sorts.